0: Hi, this is Chris, host of A Couple of Drips. Just before we start, I wanted to say a quick word about our subscribers' memberships. If you'd like to help support future episodes, you can subscribe to the show for a few pounds a month. This will help fund production, coffee and guest expenses. Simply click on the support button in the episode description. Cheers, and enjoy the show. settle in and turn it up it's time for a couple of drips coffee conversation and occasional quips here's your host chris granger hello and welcome to another installment of a Couple of drips. Thanks for tuning in. If you are, and if you're not, who am I talking to? My guest today is a local chap. Well, not really a local chap. Not originally. <laughs> not originally. very local now. He's a chap who lives locally. That's that's what I'm going to say. Please welcome Leo Capanaros.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks. That's Thanks for here. having me.
0: So, Leo, I said you're living locally now, but you're not from here originally. I'm detecting a slight uh, London twinge there. Where?
1: So, tell us where you're originally from. I'm originally from a town called Gravesend in Kent. Ah, oh, Gravesend, yeah. Do you know I've it? heard of it. Yeah, it's famous for the, being the burial place of Pocahontas, so someone died there, essentially. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, there's a big statue of Pocahontas on the River Thames. It's yeah. an interesting place to have been born and raised. Yeah, I had a yeah. friend at university from
0: Gravesend, so that, that's how I've heard of it, because I actually knew someone from there. So, okay, yeah. I apologise
1: for in advance for whatever they did or said.
0: No, they were perfectly charming. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly charming. <laughs> but, uh
1: yeah, great. So when did you move to Stone? How did that happen? Where, where else have you lived? Oh, yeah. So I, I was uh, born and raised in Gravesend. I went to Union Manchester. And this is where we get into a succession of various jobs and relationships that have led me to living in Stone. I don't <laughs> oh, know how long, yeah. you've, how long have you uh, got, we've Chris. All been, we've all been there. <laughs> <now. laughs> but uh, I first moved to Yarnfield, a little village just up the road, in 2005. Nice. Whilst living there. The girlfriend I had at the time, a friend of hers from work, was a member of Stone Revellers. Oh, okay. And I um, went down to see one of their shows because of that kind of little link. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was barmy and right up my street and I ended up getting involved. Great. And even though that sort of... That's the local theatre group for anyone listening. Who, yeah, who local local theatre company. They've been operating in town since 1978. Yeah. But I went to see them in 2005 and just, yeah, ended up getting involved. A lot and of fun. Yeah, oh, yeah, an uh, amazing place, and it's and it's the reason yeah. I live here. That group of people made. Oh, stone. that's really nice. Well, that's it is. I'm getting, I'm getting soft already. But yeah, it was that group of people, <laughs> and they're a weird mix of people from all different, you know, yeah. different backgrounds and different professions, and it's a kind of random bunch of people that are thrown together through a shared kind of interest in something.
0: Brilliant. But no, it, I think that's a good reason for moving here. I mean, one of the reasons I moved here was back in 2007 was was the fact that my band was um playing in granville's a lot and all the traveling i was doing it was it was easier for me to live here than keep going backwards and forwards kind of thing because i was working at stafford at the time Mm. i was here most evenings and then i was living over towards telford so it was like it was a big trek so uh it made it much easier. We're going to talk a lot today about the thing that you're heavily involved with, which is Crown Wharf. Mm. Um, we'll come on to that in a little bit, but we'll just have a look at the coffee first. Okay. All together now. One, two, three, four. Coffee time, it's coffee time. It doesn't matter if it's your place or mine. I can only apologise for that um, army as dent, I, as I often do. <laughs> it was a funny day that day. So, um,
1: <laughs> It smacks of having too much coffee. Yeah, it, it really does. It really does. That's,
0: that's what I was going for.
1: So what are we drinking, Leah? We are drinking, has been El Salvador edition, 22.044. Mm. Oh, uh, the farm I love it is, when a
0: coffee has a number it makes it so memorable
1: yeah it does it's like captain's log Yeah. Uh, the farm is La Divina Providencia oh, very good the process was uh, anaerobic and natural mm. and the variety is red bourbon very nice uh, do you want the description? yes go on give us, oh, give us give us the highlights of I, the description okay it, it does feel a little bit Nigella Lawson reading this so I'll go for it please. go for it oh please St- do think of plum crumble with all those soft Plums covered in brown sugar in this funky fruity cup.
0: How's that? Very, that was very good.
1: <laughs> over job
0: for you straight away. Thank there. you. Thank you. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, uh, have you have you got any left,
1: or have you drunk it all? Oh no, I've got some. It's yeah, just give it a delicious. slurp. So, tell oh.
0: me, tell me, tell me what you you, do you want. Can slurping in sound it? effects. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely.
1: What do you think? It's delicious. It's very good. Well, I like that. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> it's good.
0: I made it in Hang a Chemex
1: on. this morning, by the way. Yeah, it was I watched the process. It was I refer to it as a scientific process.
0: <laughs> mm. Funnily enough, the Chemex was invented by a German scientist who moved to America, couldn't get a decent cup of coffee. And when he was working in the lab and he thought, if I could make a vessel the right shape from borosilicate, I could get a much better cup of coffee out of it, and then went through about 200 prototypes. So, and that's
1: and that's how this was this is like this is it's this amazing. Is. The the taste goes on for ages as well. Mm. It does, doesn't it?
0: It's um, it's quite winy, isn't it? It's quite fru- It's quite yeah. fruity, almost fermented.
1: Yeah, it's got a lot of that. And pff, the it's, description it's, of plum crumble is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> on you know, the packet, there is as, more. I didn't mention the uh, the butterscotch aftertaste. But butterscotch that's, aftertaste. There's a bit of nutmeg sure in there as well. Apparently, I do wonder with some of these descriptions.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these descriptions. What they- These yeah. guys must have ridiculously tuned
1: taste buds, but. It's like the whole Jilly Golden thing, isn't it? I'm yeah, totally. Wheatgrass, I'm, I'm getting, getting plums I'm getting I'm
0: getting on everyone's
1: nerves. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting 30 yeah. quid an hour for this nonsense oh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's very nice. Has Been is um, Delicious. Roasters in Seyford, Stafford. Yeah. Um, and I have to give them a quick shout out, actually, because I did a charity fundraiser for Compton Hospice a couple of weeks ago, and they sent me loads of coffee for that. So thanks to them for for all the coffee. I did actually record people's tasting notes while they were doing that, so that'll be going out as a bonus thing on a later episode, so uh, keep your eyes out for that. But um, that's brilliant. So moving on from the coffee then to, I mentioned Crown Wharf and the Revelers. Mm. Um, Would you like to tell us a little bit about what Crown Wharf is for anyone who doesn't know and um, a little bit of the history of the project? Of course.
1: Yeah, I mean, Crown Wharf Theatre is an opportunity that, has presented itself to, I guess, the whole town really, and we and I just found myself in the middle of it, you know. And I'll, I'll probably tell the story as to how that happened, but essentially, we're building a new theatre, event space, cinema space in the middle of Stone, and it's going to be it's attached to the Crown Wolf Pub, which is a, a relatively new pub that opened probably just over a year ago, and it's just this thing that's grown and developed and exploded in our hands and we, we're kind of trying to keep up with it and make sure that we capitalise an opportunity for the benefit of as many people in the town, as many creatives in the town and people that just want to come and see some stuff uh, as possible. But where it started, I suppose is the best place to start. Yeah. Um, is that I, as I said, got involved with revelers very casually to begin with in 2005. Um, the reason I was living here, moved here was this relationship that that went awry as, as they often do. (laughs) Um, and, uh, but I was involved by Re- with, with Revelers by that point. I was like, I'm not going anywhere. This, I love yeah, this bunch yeah, of people. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd made some very close friends very quickly. Absolutely. And then, after about nine years later, I found myself as chair of Stone Revelers, like right involved with a mix of kind of nice. the committee nice. and keeping it going and, and, and trying to, you know, just keep the society strong and vibrant, new members, inviting new members, but nurturing the existing membership and all of that stuff yeah. that keeps, yeah. keeps a kind of society like that. Vibrant and Revelers has done a great job, particularly through COVID as well. Post me, oh, yeah, uh, and all the other chairs that have come in since have really kind of sticking to principles but keep moving forward, if you know yep. what I mean. And yep. I really love the society well, for that. Just but, to
0: interrupt you, that what did you do through COVID? Did you did you still maintain, did you still talk to each other on Zoom calls? And yeah, you I mean, obvious, you
1: to... obviously, the fundamental purpose of what that whole community was about was curtailed. You couldn't do shows in a tiny yeah. room and get a hundred people in a sure, you know, really sure, tiny, sure. unventilated un- room. So that all stopped and you kind of worry, well, do we exist at all then if we're not mm. doing the thing that, we, yeah, that sure. we regularly meet for? But there were, yeah, you know, we did the kind of quizzes and all that kind of stuff to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess really not a lot happened other than kind of mutual support and keeping a, an eye on each other and casually getting together when we could. Yeah. But I guess the strength of Stone Revellers and what it meant to people really bared true just after COVID because they had a uh, a kind of reunion event when we were allowed when the pub opened in Crown Wharf. And I guess about 90 people showed up, which is quite a lot of people. And it was people that hadn't been involved for years, but they just wanted to come back and reconnect with people. And, you know, we could talk a little bit about the new theatre space and all of that. But just all these people showed up and, and it was kind of like it all flooded back in. Yeah. And then we've picked up doing shows again and the show you know we've done a couple of shows post covid now. Yeah. It's sold out. But I think this, you can't yeah.
0: underplay just during lockdown having that connection with people having that support and just saying yeah. to people you might be on your own but mm. you're not or you might be isolated but you're not on your own kind of thing, Absolutely. you know, we're still here. This is going to happen. This is something to look forward to after lockdown, you know, mm. just the, there is a light
1: at the end of the tunnel for people, you know. It's funny, you know, it makes me think of the theatre project as well and, and Revelers, is that the fear at one point during it is because, you know, all our focus was on about COVID and healthcare and people's well being and mm. real fundamental stuff. Mm. And, and actually, you know, is the arts and all of that just a little bit of a kind of frolicky, fluffy thing that isn't as important to people at the moment? But what we realised actually was the appetite yeah. to come back and connect yeah. with people, yeah. to be entertained or be part of... And I'm sure musicians yeah. felt this. I'm sure, you know, 20, and I, I, you know yeah. just the, the appetite to do that again, connect with people and perform for yeah. people or, yeah. or go to a gig or go to a show was massive. Yeah. And actually the yeah. appetite for our project, we were worried that Crown Wolf Theatre might feel like an excess when we're thinking about funding healthcare and social sure, care and all that sure, stuff. And sure. are people are going to be interested in building a new theatre. And actually more than ever, that flooded back in, that interest in having a place to come back and mix with people and tell stories or... Yeah. Should, play music or watch a film you know yeah absolutely
0: yeah. i mean i th- i think when you're saying you know obviously it would seem quite low down the list when you think about it initially but then when you start thinking about mental health and well-being mm-hmm. you know having that connection with people having that thing to do having that thing to be involved with that's not just surviving that's not yeah. an essential that's actually fun Mm. Having that to look forward to and having that to go to, mm. you know, from a mental health perspective, certainly, I mean, we've we've done a couple of mental health specials and they're coming out later in the year for me, a World Mental Health Day. But, I mean, just having that to look forward to and having that thing to hang on that isn't just surviving, that isn't mm. just living, that isn't just the thing that you've got to get through.
1: It's it's a bit that hierarchy of needs thing, isn't it? Yeah. And without going too deep and meaningful, but... You heard of an actor called Mark Rylance? Yes, pretty big deal. Like he, yeah. he, he's been in some a lot of famous films. He's, he's probably, yeah, he's in Dunkirk, yeah, and, and that one about the spies, Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies, exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. the BFG yeah. voice, yeah. obviously. Um, he, um, he played uh, a guy called Rooster Byron in the West End production of Jerusalem. And I was watching an interview with him, and he was talking about that that show and why it was such a sensation and why people were queuing around the block in the West End to try right. and get tickets yeah. for it. And it's on again now, actually. They've kind of revived oh, okay. it. It's an, and it's an amazing piece. And we've done it at Revelers, and I won't bang on about it too much. But there was an interview with him, and he said that the reason that people crave this this, this kind of storytelling thing yeah. is that we have done for thousands of years, and he called it the, Logo, the Logos and the Mythos. So once you've done the, the logical stuff, which is feed yourself, build a fire, make yeah. sure that you're not going to get killed tonight, yeah. then people start looking up and wondering about the stars and telling stories and... Yeah. And all your myths are born, and all of that kind of stuff, and and we've always needed it. Yeah, and I think during lockdown, it, we re, were actually reminded not that it wasn't important, but how important it was. Yeah. Um, that we yeah. could come together and tell stories, or yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I, I mean, all, all our knowledge of history before it was written down it was all through storytelling, so storytelling exactly. has, has always been there and always been a very important part of society, you know. Yeah, but to go back to. Oh, yeah. the, the project now. <laughs> no, I mean that's lovely. I love the little sites. To go back to the project, um, how did it start? What, what What were the first seeds sown? Because um, if if I have to say if if you've not walked down the canal in stone and mm. seen the building, mm. um, it it is an incredible sight to see. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you how it happened.
1: Um, I like I said, I'd got to the point as chair of revelers. I'd been chair of revelers for three years, and and it. It's becoming. It was becoming apparent. We we currently operate out St Michael's Hall, which is a shared community space. It's it's essentially a village hall for anyone. You know, a a classic British village hall. Um, and we've been operating in there for quite some time. Revelers has moved from different venues around Stone over the years since seventy eight. But operating in St Michael's Hall for quite some time, but it became apparent it wasn't an indefinite thing. uh, Just in terms of uh, the building uh, and you know, some of the requirements in terms of the amount of lights that we hang and this kind of, uh, the, the difficulties in sound and, and some of the difficulties in kind of audience comfort. It gets quite warm in there in the summer and all that sorts of yeah. things. And we just, yeah. we just, we, just you, we won't be there forever. And, and that was yeah. kind of generally accepted. And so myself and my now wife who I met through Stone Revelers, just like the, the side that's given me everything. Um, <laughs> and it has, it's no exaggeration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's given me my whole life really, which is pretty incredible. But, we decided just to start having a look around. Well, what was available in Stone? If we were going to try and pull together a, a new studio theatre, what spaces were available—be that old buildings or spare bits of land and yeah, stuff like that—and yeah. considerations of location, yeah. uh, the building requirements, and 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 initially, being totally honest, um, Harry, my wife, and I thought, well, if we could find a space and and pull together the money, maybe we'd do it independently stick a cafe bar on it and maybe that would be our life. And so we started poking about and sending the odd email. That's about, the dream,
0: isn't it? The yep. ca- the, 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 the cafe and entertainment yeah, venue I mean, or the bar and entertainment and,
1: venue. And guys. we talk very seriously. It's like, this is never going to make us rich, yeah. but it might be a great lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you know, doing something we we're passionate about. Yeah. Running, running any kind of cafe, bar, anything is massively hard work, never mind if there's a theatre tacked onto it. Yeah. So I don't think we were under any illusions, but we thought we might be able to scratch a life out and and do something we both love. Yeah, and so we send we're sending emails about bits and pieces. And there's this uh, there's an old fire station on on Crown Street, had yeah. been boarded up forever. Yeah. A bunch of it's a bit of a junkyard, nice. and so we sent an email about that to the town councillors, um, so the ones we could find on the internet, the, the independent ones. And interestingly, the same week we sent an inquiry about that, yeah, Joel's Brewery. And we could do a history lesson on that as well if you think it's necessary. But (laughs) um, they're a brewery born in stone in the 1700s. In 1970s, it got bought out by Bass and Mothballed. It was a massive loss to the town. Yeah, it was a massive loss to stone. So the employment and the the kind of pride in brewing history in stone, it just went. Because if
0: you walk down the canal, the old. Um, Brewery Yeah the Bottom uh, plant I Wall is was, there yeah. It's now a plastics factory I think Yeah that's but, right uh, But the, the warehousing the, And everything's um, still there
1: Beautiful uh, logo on there on Yeah there. the logos are beautiful It's got these great uh, Finials on pitch roofs yeah, and uh, It's just fascinating yeah, great architecture And obviously the new pub Echoes all of that and yeah, they've yeah Even borrowed One of the original finials Got it cast And put it on top Of all the roofs Fabulous. Of the new building And stuff Fabulous. like that And um, if you go down The high street There's Joel's Brewery And the brickwork And where yeah. they, they own different Buildings yeah, around the yeah. town But yeah, that that basically got mothballed in the 70s, left the town, a big, big sad loss, and and Joel's beer was no more. Yeah. Uh, And then in the 90s, a guy that worked for Bass, was leaving Bass, and he said, I'd like to buy the brand. And I don't know the the financials, but he bought the brand, and he set it up again, but he couldn't start brewing in stone, couldn't find anywhere, so he started brewing in Shropshire, Market Drayton. Market Drayton, yeah. That's right, and then by... Near the motor factory. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, and then now they've got their sort of 60 pubs, they're quite a big outfit, and they wanted to come back to Stone. Yeah. And Crown Wolf is the first pub they ever built. But basically, they sent emails to the town council at the same time saying, We're interested in that patch of land there. Yeah. Uh, and to their credit, the councillor said, Well, we've had these two emails all at once about this thing. Why don't we put you in a room together? Yeah. And so we were like, Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we went oh, to a meeting. This is Harry and I with town councillors, were there, representatives from Joel's Brewery, were there. The, the chief exec or whatever, yeah. and and then they just said, "Yeah, we'll 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 build you a theatre. We'll build you yeah. the shell of a theatre. Yeah. You'd have to fit it out. Yeah, we'd keep all the beer money, but you could yeah. have it for nothing yeah. essentially. And you kind of walk out, sort of dizzy, because yeah. you know
0: the serendipity of those emails it's, landing at the same time. Yeah, I, mean.
1: I mean, there's the adage of the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and we, you know, yeah. we had been making a few inquiries, but that was that's beyond any of yeah. our widest expectations but what we quickly realized Harry and myself is that that, that puts our little idea completely out yeah and actually the, the the space that they're willing to build us is much bigger and more elaborate than we were imagining yeah and it becomes bigger than us it yeah. becomes bigger than stone revelers yeah. it becomes an opportunity for the town so we need we needed to set up yeah. a whole new organization a brand new charity and we can get get into all of that so it just it started to happen by itself at that point.
0: And I think that's an important thing to emphasise is that it is completely independent. It's not yep. council run, it's not... It's...
1: No, it's a remarkable punt, really, that Joel's took on some people they didn't know who sort of walked into a meeting and, and they've just assumed that us being born out of Revelers, the local kind of volunteer base and expertise and all of that that we could bring, that we'd get this done, mm-hmm. but none of us had ever built a theatre before. So it was a big punt for them to take on us, mm. um, and we just had to take it one step at a time, really. but yeah, you're absolutely right this this whole project now, and we're we're now five years on from that meeting mm. uh, and this whole project now it's local people involved um it's it's not it's It's only people in stone who've got together with a different set of skills and bringing different things to the table that are making this happen and we've, yeah. we've taken it a long way. Yeah. And we're nearly there. And yeah. for a long time it was a question of are we going to get this done? Yeah. And now the question is when are we going to get it done? And we're really um, proud of that. Yeah. But you know there's still a long a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, sure. So but, the so the brewery have paid for the building basically.
1: Exactly. They built a shell and it was yeah. really only a shell. So there's yeah. the auditorium which is really interesting new build construction. Yeah. It's it's in steel but it's got a kind of octagonal shape with exposed steel and ply wood ceiling finish and it's got a really kind of theatrical feel about it anyway yeah, yeah. and then it adjoins the original buildings that are on the site which are called the Wharfingers Cottages which were very tumble down they were literally like had trees growing in them and stuff and they've (laughs) been referred but they've become our back of house areas Right, so you've got this nice mix of old and new Yeah, but that again you're talking brick walls concrete floor no services Mm. no nothing so it's literally a shell yeah We've got to turn that into dressing rooms, toilets, facilities, changing facilities, disabled changing facilities, yeah. green room. Workshops for making props. Workshops, presumably. exactly. Yeah. And then the theatre itself, you itself—you've we've got to go literally, we've got to put in a floor, we've got to put in the walls, we've got to put in all the electrical infrastructure, yeah. data infrastructure, sound infrastructure. Yeah. Um, we've got to put in um, balcony seating, we've got to put in internal walls, mm. we've got to put in all the seating, lighting grids, lights, sound equipment technical box all the uh, heating ventilation air conditioning yeah. so how
0: far stuff. would you say you are from it because obviously the pub is now up and running and functioning yeah. and making money yeah. um, and and the kitchens are open and mm-hmm. so they're doing food as well now mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a big it's a big area massive yeah
1: um, how
0: far is the the theater from completion do you think
1: we had ambitions to be operational this year and they seemed reasonable we're a bit less optimistic on that now just because the heating ventilation requirements are more significant than we'd anticipated. We're not construction experts, we're not project management experts so we're kind of finding stuff out as we go along. We've saved hundreds of thousands of pounds in not paying for lots of clever designers and project managers and and all of that and and self-managing the project. But Within that comes loads of mistakes and stupid errors and things that we're learning along the way and and that's kind of, we're just accepting that Mm -hmm. and retro doing some stuff and all of that but it, that was the only way we we're going to get this done.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but the heating and ventilation requirement is quite significant, because, particularly post-COVID. If you put 200 people in a room, you have to make sure the rate of change in the air, like i won't to get into the detail yeah, of this because yeah, yeah. people will fall asleep, but you have to change <laughs> the air quite regularly yeah, yeah. so lots of people don't get COVID all at once or, yeah. or, or any other nasty yeah. bug, Yeah, uh, which makes a lot of sense. But that's far more significant job than we were anticipating. Yeah. So we think that puts us to spring 23. We're going to do yeah. it. Yeah, um, and we've got a huge program of work lined up for the rest of the year. Yeah, so it doesn't stop us, or you know, yeah. we do not stopped in our tracks. Um, we just need to make sure we've got that absolutely right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, we know it's a safe place for people to come.
0: And and what uh, what kind of things do you envisage being on at the theatre? Is it is it just going to be local productions, or are you going to have um, touring theatre groups in there? Are you going to have music? What what sort of?
1: The answer is yes. We really wanted a flexible space. And we really wanted to kind of get the maximum benefit we could out of it. And that's where, I mean, it kind of just grew bigger than Revelers. And that's why yeah. what I did was with a, a bunch of other people, some of which were part of Revelers and some of which were external to Revelers, is set up Crown Wolf Theatre as a standalone charity. Right. And we've yeah. raised the funding to and managed the project and we're going to operate the building. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not a member of Revelers' committee anymore because it's just too too much of a, its own project. Yeah. But I'm still yeah. involved. I've just done Revelers' show. I'm still yeah. A reveler in my heart, sort yeah, of thing, yeah. but and then, um, yeah, so we just realized that this space could be a massive opportunity for a lot of people yeah. to benefit. So there will be amateur theatre, we've had lots of people that want to book it already, and Revelers would obviously do its four shows a year yeah. in there, and great and what have you. Um, we also, there's rooftop studios and they want to put their productions there and there at the minute. Yeah. You've got local schools and gang shows and handful yeah. of songs. Rooftop is,
0: is the local
1: dance Yeah, studio. dance and theatre yeah. academy, exactly. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's other dance schools, there's choral society, yeah. there's people, there's choirs and things like that that want to use it. But you know what happens at the minute is that if rooftops and all the kids that go there put on a production, mm-hmm. they drag themselves, all the parents, aunties, uncles, grandparents, yeah. whatever, to either Stafford or Stoke. And they're brilliant facilities, yeah, and yeah. you know we're really friendly with all these people. But it doesn't make sense no. for Stone that but, every people, everyone has to yeah. ship up the A34 or yeah. down the A34, yeah. and it's the same for all gang shows. So there's you know kind of scouts and brownies and, and all of that stuff, yeah. and guides. Um, they're doing their and handful of songs. They they ship them all up to Stoke or ship them all up to Stafford. Yeah, and it's just not right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just definitely. not right that all these people from Stone have to drag themselves and you know can't have a nice drink afterwards and wander home. And, yeah yeah and that's the dream, yeah, so there's that um I think music's a big part of it, you know Stone's got a vibrant music scene Great music I mean, it's scene. incredible yeah. It's, yeah. it's disproportionate to the size of the town ta- yeah, how much talent there is and you know having gigs, album launches, concerts, those sorts of things Brilliant. being part of the local festivals as well, and undercover venue as part of the food and drink festival and nice. music you know and the music festival and stuff like that just just to give it another dimension, yeah, I think would be important. Um cinema is a really big one. People want cinema. It's great for football. It's great for the odd day, uh, but you haven't got the booking yeah. and all of that. Yeah. And during the holidays you can program it for families and then in the afternoon really? you can put on classic films and people can have a cup yeah. of coffee, cake. Saturday, Saturday and, morning cinema club. Exactly. Yeah. Um so we can do those things and we can even Brilliant. start to mix mixed media. You can have live performance you know, that kind of secret cinema vibe where yeah. you, you show the film but you have some live action as part of it and nice. Rocky Horror. Make, like, well, if you like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, and, and the big one as well, I think, will be stand-up comedy. I just think we're made for stand-up comedy Brilliant. and trying to capture uh, comedians on their way up or on their way back from Edinburgh because yep. you've got this vibrant pub, a good food and drink offer, yep. it, and then you've got an auditorium that could seat up to 218 people. Brilliant. Um, and I think it will level off about 160, be the standard, but you can you can blow it up or yep. shrink it down depending on what's going on. Great. And so you could have... Stand up comedian one day, you could have a gig in there another day, mm. you'd have a music a full musical with forty people, fifty people. Yeah. Um or you you know, you could shrink it right down, have a play with two people in it and have a nice intimate audience of hundred. Great. That's, that's the idea.
0: That's very nice, very nice. Mm. And will it be
1: is it gonna be in the round? Is it proscenium arch? Is it thrust? What what kind of it's it's it is those things that you just described because you can change the way you use the space. It's oh, great! It's quite hard to describe that, but if you yeah. imagine you've got an octagon which is basically half full of people, yeah. that is adjoined to a square box that was that old Warfinger's cottage. Right, building, gotcha. Yeah, you can move the performance space right into that square box, and it becomes quite arch traditional. Yeah. yeah. Or you can come right out into the octagon and lay out in slightly different ways. And it's a little. It's not quite in the round, but it's a little yeah. bit more immersive. Nice. So you can do different things with it. Yeah, that's Um, really good. So it's not going to be a permanent fixed stage? No, 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 and what we've basically done is we've lifted all the audience above the acting space. Yeah. So you essentially can act on the floor. Now, some people want a stage and we'll probably have some demountable staging that we can put in there. That won't be a necessarily what you have to do. It won't yeah. be the fixed stage and that's where you perform because yeah, gotcha. that was never a Reveler's vibe and yeah. that's and that's not. You planning
0: to run coaching. like workshops and things there as well, acting workshops and things like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I think that that's a massive part of when we set up the charity, it's no no easy thing getting charitable yeah. status. And you have to really demonstrate what your purpose is yeah. from a charitable aspect. And ours yeah. is about advancement in the education of the arts for the area. Yeah. And some of that can just be going to come come see a show, but yeah. some of that would be about Learning from professionals, workshops, and we—you know—we're really proud of. Well, when I say we, I'm now talking about Stone Revelers. Mm. Over the years, um, we've had a number of kind of people get involved with us from a technical side, so it's lighting, sound engineering, that sort of stuff. Great. Go on to work professionally, yeah. And we've got someone in BBC studios doing their lighting. We've got someone who's now rigs up all the kind of power and lighting for uh, remote film sets like Hollywood. Nice. Film sets and stuff nice. like that. He's currently doing loads of power and lighting and stuff for Glastonbury. Someone else who's toured the world, stage managing things like Warhorse, currently yeah. working on the that West means. End with wow. Come From Away and stuff. That so nice. we're proud of that trekker and we can yeah. do loads more of that. Yeah. Getting young people or older people behind a professional sound desk yeah. or rigging lights in a kind of professional level theatre. Well, we know yeah. that not only will we get actors, singers, dancers, musicians that will become household names, we know that we'll 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 get more and more people the opportunity to work professionally in that field as well. That's brilliant. That's and we're brilliant. really proud of what we've done already and that's just working out of the village hall.
0: So it's entirely not for profit then.
1: Exactly. We've done a, a business plan for when we're operational and at the moment there's that's on the basis that it's volunteer powered. Yeah. And and, and I am I am at pains to say it. No one is making a penny out of Crown Wolf Theatre. It's attached to Crown Wharf, which is Joel's pub, and obviously that's a profit-making thing. Yeah, And they will profit from the fact that our audiences pile out into the pub and have a beer or a plate of fish and chips. Yeah, absolutely. But in terms of the theatre operations, that's Crown Wharf Theatre Charity, everyone involved is a volunteer. Yeah. You know, there's not a penny in it for any of us, but there's a huge amount of satisfaction. Absolutely. Um, And uh, it's a bit of a privilege to be involved with it, as difficult as it is. And there have been... Many times, where I wish I had nothing to do with it because it's just so time consuming and so problematic and so complicated and totally out of my depth. And, you know, don't know the answer to that question someone's asked me. But at the same time, you know, overall, it's just. I would imagine that feeling goes away fairly quickly. (laughs) Yeah, it does. And at the moment, we're in a good place where we've successfully, because COVID was tough. Yeah. Funding wise, COVID was tough because rightly all the money got diverted to existing arts, existing Mm. buildings, existing practitioners and companies all the Arts Council funding and all that stuff. Absolutely yeah. rightly so, but meant our new build, like no one was interested. Yeah, And trying to raise money for it was really like pushing, I don't know, what's the expression? Something heavy up a hill. Yeah. But um, since the back of COVID, that, that kind of rush of enthusiasm has come back. We've had some successful funding grants awarded and, and people have donated money very generously in stone as well and named yes. seats and become founding partners. We've yeah. had lots of local companies. We've had a local company donate all our domestic lighting and all the design. Brilliant. For that, we've oh, had that's a local great. company fit our and install our washrooms and bathrooms and stuff for nothing, sourced all wow. wow. materials cheaply oh, for amazing. us. What else have we had? We've, we've had lo- loads of help from local companies. The kitchen was donated for nothing, all wow. that stuff. So all that's flooded back in, and now it's a real pleasure because we're getting work done and we've got funding to just get the contractors in. And, yeah. and it's a bit of a drag. We have to get three coats of everything. We have to make sure, because we're sure. a charity, that everything's done by the letter. Yeah, yeah. And properly, there's there's scrutiny on charities, and rightly so. Oh yeah, um, and that's a lot of work getting three quotes for everything and and yeah. you know, all of that stuff. But it's great at the moment, and you yeah. can see visible progress. And yeah. you know, maybe we can share some pictures somehow or whatever. But um, yeah, it's exciting at the moment. And yeah, we can do it. It is a privilege yeah. to be involved, and I can't lie and say um, that you know it's nice to think you would have been involved in something that's going to outlive you. Yeah, that's a nice thing. Uh, in the back of your mind, and when I think I'll allow myself a little moment when there's an applause at the end of the first thing that happens, like, <laughs> yeah, I think that would be great. But, um, sit back, yeah. relax, and enjoy f- it for a bit. But, yeah. yeah, it's local people, it's a charitable, charitable basis. There, there may be in the future that the operation can employ someone, yeah, as a kind of theater manager or something like yeah, that, yeah, sure. Uh, that might happen in the future, but I guess as trustees, we just have to employ that person and and yeah. kind of all of that stuff. But to begin yeah. with. It's all going to be volunteer-powered. Yeah, And hopefully that's the way it stays.
0: Yeah. So how can people get involved, both from a
1: donating point of view and Mm. and as volunteers? Yeah, we've got a lot of painting to do. We've just had about (laughs) four or 500 square metres of plastering done. So you can imagine that's a lot of painting. Um, So if people... You're in your scruffs now, is that where you've been this morning? I've been there this morning meeting (laughs) meeting someone uh, who's because we've got our seating rate going in, which is lifts all the audience up yeah. on, on us, and he came and did a s- survey, so we went in and did some sweeping. Um The things you get involved with. But, um <laughs> yeah, how how do people get involved? There's lots of different ways. I mean, if you're an individual, you can volunteer with us, and I would just recommend going to our website. Hopefully there'll be a link attached to the Will. all the stuff. That's great. Just Google Crown Wolf Theatre. Can't miss us. Uh, and there's a way of getting involved. You can add yourself to our kind of volunteering list and stuff like that, and you can great. kind of indicate what you want to do. You might want to yeah. be help with front of house ushering when we opened you might want to help on the technical side you might want to help us do some painting yeah um equally if you want if you're an individual or a family and you're interested in um helping us financially we have a um sponsor receipt thing it's it's 500 quid but you get a family name on a plaque or you can donate it to a loved one or you know lots of different options if you want to give us a fiver well you know we've got to go we've got a kind of a page for that which will all be in the links and then if you're a company or you're an organization if you've got offers in kind that you think might help us be that on the technical side or labor or uh, uh you know anything like that that would be most welcome yeah um, and then and then we also have a founding partner scheme mainly for businesses yeah we donate some of money and you can go on a founders board and and those sorts of things and we've nice. got you know a number of those in place already so there's different there's different ways and different levels depending on what you, what you want to do yeah um, but it's
0: all it's all on our website. Yeah. What are some <laughs> of the major expenses you've got now? Um, fitting out the theatre. What's well, well, what's what's the thing that you're
1: dreading? That's going uh... <laughs> to. <laughs> well, we've got the the big. Ex- we've got some big expenditure. We've just you know we've we've just paid the bill for all that plasterboarding, and that was yeah. a stinger. But we had the money for it. We've got the money for our seating rake. That's a big investment. Yeah. We've got all our handrails and balustrades for the balcony. That's a big investment. Nice. The floor going down is massive. Mm. Um, that's a huge sprint. We've we've. Not scrimped on it, it's going to be a sprung floor, so it's perfect for dance, yeah. Um, and you just 250 square meter floor, right. all timber and sprung, and all of that. That's and the killer with that was that we got the quote a year ago, and with yeah. everything that's gone on, the price of timber's almost sort of doubled. And so, our quote, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, you can imagine the amount of wood that is involved. So, yeah. that but that's all funded, that's going down in August and September. It'll really look like a theater by the time you've got a floor and you seating yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Um, the big, big outstanding issue which I've mentioned already is the heating ventilation and we've got our kind of broad design for that but it's Mm. not fully funded Mm. and if there's anyone out there who's either works in that industry Mm -hmm. or is interested in helping us fund that then we'd love to hear from you we've got a couple of grant funding bids that we find out about sort of October, November that would fund it but by yeah. no means guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's the big question mark, because we want to get that right. We want the temperature to be right in there, we want the air to be right yeah. in there Absolutely. before we open. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It needs
0: to be a comfortable space for, for everyone. Sure does. I've noticed you've been very, very busy running lots of fundraising events to do with this as well. Mm. There's there's been like a takeover theatre um in the in the bar a couple of times. There was I helped out at um Wolfstock. Wolfstock. Yeah, yeah, Wolfstock. And and
1: that, so uh, have you got anything coming up? uh? Well, we've just done a load of events as well. Um, We were selling beer at the Jubilee, which was great. We we (laughs) we raised about 700 quid, but if it hadn't rained, because it poured Mm. on that, it was that big Sunday picnic thing, if if it hadn't rained, we probably would have raised a lot more. Um, Actually, we've got a bunch of theatre tours happening across the summer. Oh, great. Um, We want to hold a painting party, which is, for volunteers, turn up, help us paint all this stuff, and we'll probably put on a barbecue and make a bit of a kind of social Um, thing of it, which would would be nice. But actually, we're being quite cautious with events now, because we're not far away from operational stuff. We're not far away from first show, first production, which is a big topic of conversation. What do we do? You know, what show is it? And all of that. Yeah. so we're just being quite cautious not to commit to too many events because we really want to focus on selecting our first production. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in house. It's not going to be Stone Revellers. It's not going to be this. It's not going to be that. It's going yeah. to be a Crown Wharf production, probably, hopefully, of bringing different uh, performers and actors and musicians and stuff together to form yeah. this kind of opening show for the for the theatre. Yeah. So, Let me know if you want a bass player. Yes, me. please. So, yeah. Um, but the idea is it'd be nice to bring a mix of people together and it not yeah. just be one company. Or, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's definitely. be more of an open yeah. thing and bringing different people together to put on the theatre's first production. Yeah. But we want to invest a lot in that because we want it to be good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Be, it would be shame to open with a bit of a raspberry. So. Absolutely. And you're aiming
0: for <laughs> spring next year? With a bit uh, of
1: the... I think so. I think that's, I think that's our realistic yeah. target at the moment. It's, it's tricky because, you know, even with supply chain, you don't know how long things are going to take to arrive. Right, so. yeah, yeah. But I think that's very realistic. So, yeah, so we, we haven't got as many events as we've done in the past just because we want to make sure all our resources are going into opening production, which is a great place to be. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: There are literally billions and billions of podcasts out there. So the chances of finding intelligent life amongst them are so infinitesimally small as to not even be worth looking. Could you then have stumbled onto the one podcast where intelligent life could exist no no you haven't
0: i just want to while we're here throw a mention to whispersmith guitars chris baxter who was on a couple of episodes ago has decided to start sponsoring us So that's very kind of him thanks a lot for that chris is our only regular sponsor at the moment so if anyone else wants to sponsor please let us know so you did start talking, Leo, about where you lived, but you didn't mention you lived in Toronto at some point. Do you want to expand on that a little bit for me?
1: Ah, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it, it it was one of them, because you've asked me the question, I, and I guess it was, why did you go to Toronto? And the answer is, well, we just did. Yeah. So we were in a place, uh, this is again, my wife and I, were, before we were married, uh, and we were both working locally, living in stone, and we just sort of decided we could, so we did. Yeah. And we went out there... Unfortunately, I was too old for a working visa. So oh. I went, I just had a full sabbatical off work, which was nice and had eight months. Wrote a play, haven't put it on yet, but I will. Nice. And then, but Harry, my, my other half is in television production and there's a lot of that in Toronto. Yeah. Um, she she was working and doing all sorts of weird and wonderful and interesting jobs while we were out Brilliant. there. But yeah, basically anything that you think is... Uh, yes set in New York is probably filmed in Toronto. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. So
0: for yeah. anyone who knows Toronto or anyone who's
1: listening in Toronto, because believe it or not we do have a few Canadian listeners. Oh, uh, cool. Whereabouts
0: in Toronto uh, We based?
1: lived right near Trinity Bellwoods Park which is like proper hipster part of town. Nice. Um, it's an amazing, beautiful park. There's always loads of stuff going on there uh, and there's like some Lots of nice places to eat and drink. I was, you know, I've, we we sort of just put our finger on a map. We were like, where are we going to live? And yeah. We went on Airbnb and looked at long term places, and we found yeah. this funny little basement apartment full of plants nice. um, called the Zen Garden. That's what it was called. Very nice. And we based ourselves there. And um, I worked at the. Um, I didn't work, but I volunteered at a local kind of food market. And um, nice. the best I came back was, like, the odd loaf of bread and stuff that they donated oh, at the end of the day, good. which is yeah, nice. But always it, a bonus. Yeah. yeah, and we, we travelled all around Canada. Uh, we went over to the west coast of Vancouver and, and we did the Icefield Parkway Drive, which was Very just nice. yeah. incredible. Yeah. That life, yeah. life, life-changing life stuff. Um, and then came back and then did some grown-up stuff, like marriage and kids and things yeah. like that. So. so what is it you do now, if you don't mind talking about yourself? I don't mind too much. No, I, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a health and wellbeing manager. Yeah, uh, I currently work for a company called Mace, who um, a large construction company. Mm-hmm. I haven't managed to leverage any of that expertise into the theatre projects. I'm a bit too new. Well, yeah, it would yeah. have been nice to sort of take advantage because <laughs> it's just the sort of thing they could do. But yeah, uh, maybe I'll try and pull some strings at some point when I've got yeah. my feet under the table. But uh, yeah, and that's really looking at health, safety, and being of people that work for Mace, which is a lot of people across. Across the globe really yeah yeah my background I've, I've been in uh, workplace health and well-being and, and I originally worked in public health in Staffordshire and on Trent before that okay so how did you get into that what's your what's your oh, background it's what, interesting you know that bit where I was living in Yarnfield yes um, well at about the same time as that I was when I moved here it's just like get any job post-union yeah, absolutely. And I, ended up, I ended up working in a bank which wasn't the best 18 months of my life no, but but no. then I got a job with Staffordshire Fire and Rescue. Now bear with me, yeah, uh, in kind of road and fire safety. Uh, okay, and I did a lot of kind of stuff in schools. I went into people's homes Brilliant. and stuff in businesses about reducing the risk of fire and road accidents, and and that always
0: then, the performer.
1: I get well, yeah, quite a lot of that actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite a lot of that. Um, we did, yeah, and then that got me a job. Well, with New Zealand Fire Service. I went over there for a while because i got family there. So I worked with New Zealand Fire Service doing fire safety and working with all all sorts of weird and wonderful communities in Auckland. Brilliant. And then I got a job with the NHS when I came back um, in Newcastle, under Lyme, um, all around kind of public health engagement and and public health campaigns and health check promotion and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then that got me a job in public health for Staffordshire County Council where I specialised in workplace health. Nice. And I did workplace health for about six, seven years there. Yeah. Then, then let's not get political, but things got a bit grim in local authority in terms <clears> of. <throat> um, mm. Yeah, yeah, that's. I the, used to work for Stoke City Council, so okay, so you might have experienced the same yeah, thing sorry. that I did—is how. Yeah, things went downhill in terms Rapidly. of what local authorities could do, and and what we ended up having to do, which was yeah. rather than deliver stuff, was cut stuff, and I couldn't yeah. deal with that. So I, yeah. I was fortunate. I made a, I made a switch into kind of corporate world doing. Yeah. workplace health and well-being yeah. for an organisation rather than lots and lots of people. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah now I used to work for the youth service and that got cut. Yeah, that's not there anymore. Yeah. yeah. Who needs that? Hey? Used to work for adult learning for Stoke, that got cut. Who needs yeah. that? Yeah. yeah exactly. Who needs drug and alcohol? Yeah, services? who needs yeah. who yeah. needs yeah. to educate out of work people? <laughs> you know, God, I, well, I could do another hour on this. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> climb to find, climb to find. It's your chance to drop a name Trying to outdo each other's coin kind of lame Warn upmanship is the only aim Claim to fame, claim to fame Claim to fame, claim to fame Yeah, it's it's that time, unfortunately, Leo, where I have to ask you, if you have a claim to fame, um, oh, you've been involved in theatre. I mean, yeah. you, you've got to have,
1: surely there's got to be something in there. I guess so. I, I, if, I'm going to go for an obscure one, which is as a, well, let's think, maybe when I was about 12, 13, my dad had this thing in the house we grew up in and it was, it was called his Sunday Club. Right. It was basically before the pubs opened. Oh, okay. um, he had like a weird bunch of kind of pirate mates that came over <laughs> every nice. Sunday morning, and he would nice. be cooking Sunday lunch or preparing Sunday lunch, whilst they were all drinking cider or wine. Um, and you know they all had nicknames like Frank the Dolphin and One, one Thumb Trev and <laughs> Shaky Owl, and and then there was um, no one knows how like, one, how One Thumb Trev lost it, lost uh, his, his Believe thumb. it or not, he fell under a train. And he oh lost, yeah, oh yeah. well, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. I'd say that was lucky, really. Yeah. <laughs> Believe I mean, or not. that's <laughs> good
0: because Frank was a dolphin, which was which <laughs> yeah. was a much bigger disability in London. Yeah,
1: yeah it was tricky. Yeah. Um, but one of the one of the the gang that came around was a guy called Ian Cowan, who's an mm. artist, a uh, huge beard, uh, yeah. like literally massive before it pre-hipster, pre-hipster yeah. before beards nice. were cool. Nice and. Uh, yeah, he is the only human face to appear in the Beatles' Yellow Submarine video. It floats oh, no up, way. It floats up in a bubble. And there's like a lot of internet-based conjecture about, who is this this—a human face oh, in wow. Yellow Submarine? And he's an animator, and he worked on it. Um, Fabulous. And yeah, I used to sit there and play dominoes with him. Um, Brilliant. And he used to let me win like two Ps off him. Um, I think he let me Fantastic. anyway. But that is
0: a really good one. It is that pretty is cool. And good. he
1: once drew like a birthday card for my dad. Yeah. And it was all very kind of surreal, absurd stuff and it's, it's hit, a picture of himself blowing an elephant's trunk, and
0: yeah. then
1: happy birthday Kimon, which is my dad's name, coming out of the elephant's bum. So Fantastic. it's this kind of fun stuff, and we've still got that somewhere. But that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I'd say
0: it's a claim to fame. Yeah. So what was your dad's name? My dad's
1: name was Kimon. Kimon, Yeah. interesting. Yeah. And your surname that I still can't pronounce. Yeah. So is that Greek? It is Greek, uh, exactly right. Um, And you remember I said I wrote a play while I was in Canada? Yes. Well, I wrote a play about how how this all happened? So, my granddad, my dad's dad, yeah, uh, was um, already in the UK. Um, and what happened was the BBC set up the BBC World Service during the Second World War. Fantastic! Yeah, and they turned all the dig- director generals and all the top people's offices into little studios. Yeah, and I've read a whole kind of book about it. But they had like the Greek section, and uh-huh. then they had the Swedish section, and then they had Fantastic. the Arabic section, or yeah. then they ha- and then they had the German section, and all this yeah. stuff. And we broadcast in all these different languages. And they just threw people into it, you know. So you're absolutely. a lawyer and you can speak Greek, so you're going to broadcast and you're going to be, do you know what I mean? They yep, weren't yep, broadcasters. And they had to learn how to do all of yeah, this. Yeah. And, change, and they had all these sort of temporary studios set up. And so my granddad ended up being in London permanently to do this world service stuff and broadcasting to Greece during the Second World War. Yeah. Uh, he met a Scottish lady. Uh, they got married, lived in London. My dad was born here. Brilliant. Um, and then they ended up moving up to Edinburgh. Um, yeah. Which is the Athens of the North. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, pretty cool story. And yeah, so my, my dad was born a Cockney, as he said, but with a Scottish mum and a Greek That's father. A so it's an interesting, That's interesting mix. Um, and, but, and worked around the BBC. And then you moved to Edinburgh in the Fringe. So it's all, you were always going to be in theatre, weren't you? Quite possibly. Well, my granddad, was <laughs> in, uh, my grandfather, who did the broadcasting, he was in a lot of films. Um, yeah. And I went to, my wife took me to the BFI. In London, yeah, where I could watch a, a film called um Shrine of Victory, right? And it was okay. all about the war in Crete, and my granddad was in it, um, as a kind of principal character, uh, and yeah, it's really cool. Like, he did like Ealing Studios stuff, um, brilliant, yeah, oh, so it was interesting. Stuff. And my mum and dad met in a play, yeah, so. Yeah, it's yeah. always been in the blood, that's for sure.
0: You see, so that's like a secondary claim to fame there, you've got, you've yeah, got yeah, two okay. in there. Right? Yeah, I take so, that,
1: yeah, I take that. Yeah,
0: brilliant, yeah, the BFI is amazing. Have you been up to Bradford to the National Film Theatre as well no. and seen the BFI archive up there? No, I haven't. They've got the whole lot on big... It used to be, used to be videotapes, mm. uh, but it's all on servers now and you can watch, oh, anything you want. I watched the very first pilot for Doctor Who, oh, I don't really? know why. It's just why wouldn't you? What I found while I was yeah, up why while, you? while I was up there, but uh, what happened? Um, well, as a time lord, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite dark actually. It, it, I was quite surprised at how William Hartnell and that, and, and and how it was a lot more sinister. Oh really? Than it is now. He was quite a mysterious character, you know, oh, right. quite dark and uh, yeah, and. Uh, I mean, the aliens were quite bad. Good. But the, the the premise and the story in there, I was quite quite surprised how,
1: how good it was, really. I actually didn't know that was there in Bradford. I had no idea. I didn't oh, yeah.
0: It um, it's now called the National Science and Media Museum, but it used to be called National mm-hmm. Film, TV and Radio Museum mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. And it's a massive... It's opposite the Alhambra Theatre in Bradford, and it's a big six story high building with a huge imax theatre it's got an imax theatre it's got the cobby broccoli theatre and i think a francis ford Coppola. so there's three cinemas in there but one is four stories high obviously worth a visit it's then. Um, it is and on the top floor is the archive of all the all the old films and stuff so uh, yeah you might be able to find some other examples of, Oh, who uh, knows yeah bits and pieces in there Pencil boxes
1: uh boxes Boxes. Yeah, boxes.
0: Justification.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's surely it's just a, a comfort thing, right? I can't think of any yeah. other reason why yeah. you choose pants or boxes.
0: <laughs> yeah, you see, when I had Jamie on, mm-hmm. just, this is this uh, is an interesting point. I was very much boxers, and he was very much well, depends uh, what. Yeah, I think, like, it's, I if think I'm going a... on a long walk. All right,
1: uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think chafing becomes more of a thing yeah. as time goes on. And support as you get older as well. Yeah. I mean, I you're there's... very young. How old are you? Not well. I'm 40 in February. Are you really? Yeah. We're wearing well. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah. For the first time ever, really, I want a party. I've never really fancied a party for my own birthday. Yeah. But uh, Do it. I think this time I've. What, what are you thinking? Do you know what? I remember my mum's 40th. Yeah. And she had it at the house and I was supposed to be in bed. But um, I crept down and what she did, she had all her friends over and there was like this optional do a do a thing. Did yeah. someone play a song. Uh, you had someone who'd written like a kind of Bob Dylan-y rhapsody type thing in the 60s and it was all like right on man sort of stuff. But he sort of did that. And there was a Scottish friend of theirs who did like a, I think it's like a dagger dance or something, like a sword dance. It's like this it Scottish, amazing. Scottish thing. Yeah, just people doing yeah. a bit. And, you know, someone who, yeah, someone else played guitar and someone else written a poem and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And they just sort of shared a bit. Are so you what, sure with them was travel that your family
0: weren't really circus entertainers? <laughs> <are they? laughs> well, no one...
1: circus is quite accurate when I think about family <laughs> quite a lot. But yeah, I'd like to do a kind of almost an open mic thing where people, if they want to nice. do something, they can. If they don't, they don't have to.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and just have some stuff set up so people can Are you going to do, do this up at the wharf? Well, I was thinking about doing it up at the wharf, but I also want to do food and, and I'm just, you know, I am just I want to do it so you know that sounds great that sounds yeah really I think so I think it might work up there yeah. well yeah I think I've got yeah. a few as you can imagine I've got a few few friends who yeah. don't mind standing up and showing off a bit so yeah absolutely I think yeah. it would be, fun. Yeah. be Nice. I, think, I, think, I think, think I've interviewed half of them yeah probably yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah probably um, but yeah so that would be nice I'm sure if, I'd like it if someone did a sketch or something I think it'd be cool yeah so, definitely yeah. So some, or, or it'll music, be really so. awkward and awful but either way people remember it so we'll see yeah, that's it. <laughs> or um, no one stands and when up. When is your birthday? When is it? The... It's February, early February. February. Okay. So it's a bit of time for people to yeah. think about it. So it yeah. might, if you're lucky, the theatre might just be ready. Oh, to... know, maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. maybe. But I don't, again, it's like that. I couldn't just have my party in the theatre because, do you know what I mean? It's not mine. Yeah. You know, it's not like It's yeah. just mine to yeah. use and abuse as much as I'd like to. So I'd probably yeah. have to hire it if I wanted to use it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: well listen it's been a pleasure talking to you Leo I will put all of the links to Wharf in the episode description and that if anyone wants to get involved in volunteering please do get in touch through the links and is there anything else you wanted to say anything no only else to encourage to
1: people I mean I, I, like I've sort of said all the way through being involved with getting involved with Stone Revellers as a theatre company built my whole life around that really and yeah you mm. do shows together and that's all good but like it's that Ability to then, if you need someone to help you move a washing machine on a Saturday morning, you've yeah. got someone to call and help you do that, yeah. and help life rub along a little bit easier than yeah. otherwise. If and I think if you want to come and get involved, I think Crown Wolf will be its whole this whole community you can get involved with and make friends, be part Brilliant. of something that's you know for everyone's benefit. And you know if you need help moving a washing machine, I'm sure there'll be someone to call. You know, and that's yeah, that's, that's the whole idea yeah. of it. And then what you'll have is people meeting people and getting involved with cross-pollination or some yeah. less less sort of slightly yeah. um, highbrow highbrow term, but people just mixing up you know what they do and yeah, making new contacts and all that stuff and who knows you know who knows I think where other will projects lead.
0: will definitely come off the back of it you know I, yeah. I think it's just it's not getting the theater finished and getting the theater up and running isn't an end I think it's the start to yeah well that's slightly terrifying because
1: as I've hopefully described it's a it's been a massive journey just to get to the point where it's open and then you've got to run it and that's like yeah. oh that's gonna just be forever yeah we got to make it work it's got to pay its own way and, yeah. then, um, and then all yeah, new projects will be born out of it and, and yeah. all of that stuff but it's kind of that ethos of and and you know you got to sell tickets and you know yeah we've, we recently had a comedy night and that sold out. Great. Reveler's recent production sold out, so we we're confident there's market. Um, yeah. And then you know we've got to hope that if you build it, they will come. Sort of thing. Little Let's bit, hope so. Field yeah. of Dreams type stuff.
0: No, I yeah. think it's a great project. I wish you best of luck, and thanks for joining me today. And hope to have you on again sometime. Maybe you could come back and talk to us uh, when it's up and running. And
1: uh... Maybe we could do like a, a live kind of oh, tie in. Uh, that yeah, would yeah. be nice. And do something down there. Yeah,
0: do, do a live tie in. I'll certainly come down and uh, grab some sound bites and stuff and you get uh...
1: Very welcome, as will everyone.
0: Thanks a lot for today, Leo. It's been great. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you.
0: listening to A Couple of Drips. The show was conceived and presented by Chris Granger and is a Cup The bike production. Hi, Chris here. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the production of future episodes, then subscriptions are available. Simply click on the support button in the episode description. See you next time.